Activia offers a range of yogurts which are a delicious way to look after your gut health. From the fruit range with carefully selected ingredients to no added sugar and 0% fat offering, as well as a cereals range, there's an Activia for everyone. Made with a unique blend of five ferments creating an irresistibly creamy texture, each pot of Activia is a source of calcium, making it the perfect addition to your daily routine. Activia helps support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. This is an Irish independent podcast. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry. Welcome to a very special Real Health podcast episode with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare from a very busy, very warm, and absolutely massive National Playing Championships this year. This is the first of our live episodes, so if you want to come on in, babies, prams, people, come on in the door, don't be shy, let's fill this tent up nicely. This episode is very simple. We're going to give you some very simple tips and tools to improve your health. What more could you want from the National Playing Championship? but simple tips to take away that'll make a big difference to your health and to your wellness. If you have any questions, I'll do a Q&A at the very, very end as well. We're gonna cover the four very simple and very key pillars of health and wellness. We're gonna look at sleep. There's a lot of tired looking people in the room. So we're gonna give you some tips around how to improve your sleep and why it is so important. Then we're gonna have a look at food, the next key pillar of health and wellness. We'll look at movement. Those of you who are standing in the audience, by the way, you're already winning. When you stand, you're exercising. And I encourage everyone to sit. So I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not picking on you guys who are sitting. Don't worry. I ask you to sit down. But when you're standing, you're naturally healthier because you're standing. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Then we're going to have a look at measurement, the other key pillar of health and wellness and the piece that nobody does. So let's start with sleep. Hands up in the room. Who slept with their phone in the room last night? Who had their phone beside their bed or their phone in the room or their phone anywhere in the bedroom? And there's a lot of shy and quiet people. You're all very nervous. Okay, for those who are listening in, pretty much all the, all the rooms that they were, let's look at sleep. Sleep is the key pillar of health. No one addresses it. No one looks at it. It's where the body recovers from stress. If weight loss or improvements in your health and fitness are one of your goals, that's where it happens. But yet we don't think about sleep. If you want to improve your sleep, there's lots of tips and things that you can do. The first key one is technology-free bedroom. That's why I asked that question. Now, as adults, our phones are our comforters. They make us feel better. They make us happy. They make us sad. They make, and when we get anxious, they comfort us. And we bring them into the bedroom. What happens is we look at that blue light very close to when we go to sleep. We may wake up during the night. You might get a notification during the night. It might go off during the night. By having a tech-free bedroom, it's the simplest tip I can give you. It doesn't cost anything. That can improve your sleep. It's also the scariest tip that I'll give you today because we're all very nervous when we don't have our... Has everyone got their phones on them right now? Of course you do, yes, because you wouldn't not do that because you'd be nervous. So the key for families to do that, and you know, if you're in a family situation and you're telling your children to have less phone usage and you're glued to your phone yourself, that is not very clever. Uh, it's a phone box. You place a phone box in the center of the house. You put all your technology or your phones into it at an agreed time as a family and as a unit. And all of a sudden, you're getting healthier as a group. And that's really, really important for family health. But for sleep health, 30 minutes before you go to bed should be no screens. That's when the kick, that's the timer. Half an hour before bed, you read a book. You read the Irish Independent, of course, in paper, even more important. 
but you take away technology, iPads, iPhones, uh, screens. Televisions have no places in bedrooms whatsoever. Get rid of them. Bedrooms are for sleep and lots of other stuff, but there's a few younger heads in the audience. But the key thing is, we need to reduce the technology in the room. That is important, and it's a very simple switch. The one reason most people will use in terms of having a phone in the bedroom is what? What's the natural reason? It's your alarm clock. Buy an alarm clock. They're 10 euro. They have a louder alarm. They have no Bluetooth, no Wi-Fi, and they do the job just as well. Technology-free bedrooms equals better sleep. And it's a free, simple way to dramatically improve your sleep. And if you don't believe me, try any of the tips that I'll give you for seven days. I don't own, I don't own it, but try it and watch what happens. You'll be rested. You'll feel better. How do you know if you're not sleeping well enough? You should, you should wake up in the morning tired but ready to start the day. If you're tapping the snooze button 10 times, you're exhausted. If you can't get out of bed, you're exhausted. If it takes five cup, cups of coffee to get you going, you're exhausted. Tired but ready to start the day is what you're aiming for. Some other really simple tips. One is around food. So if you're having a big meal later in the day, make that meal lighter, if that makes sense. So uh, heavy foods late at night, not great for digestion, massively disrupt your sleep. So if you're going to have a late evening for work or, or on the farm or whatever it may be, have the bigger meal earlier in the day and the lighter meal later in the day. And again, you're looking at roughly a two-hour window before bed. If you're exercising late, uh, uh, milk is a fantastic way of recovery. We have vanilla or the, the flavor of milk, so there's a bit of sugar in there too. A really good way for simple recovery without having to have a really big meal close to bedtime. And it's a very simple way to do it. Another tip is around the, the rate at which we think. So more often than not, late at night, the kids are gone to bed, head is spinning, all the things you have to do. The way to get around that is to do a to-do list. Simple, pen, paper, or I have a notebook, and write everything down. And it gives you control over your thoughts and control over what's going on the next day. Create that to-do list. If you're really sad like me, you might kind of you know, put it in different colors for the really important stuff. And then, you know. But it doesn't really matter. By putting it down on paper, you have a to-do list the next day to get through. You cross it out when you get through it. And it gives you control over those thoughts that spin around your head and stop you from sleeping all the time. Next one, you're not going to like, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. And that's your caffeine intake. Do you know what the time frame for cutoff for caffeine is in terms of when it can impact your sleep? Generally, between 12 and 4 o'clock in the day. Caffeine after 4, tea or coffee after 4 equals poor sleep for most people. It can be earlier, it can be 12 o'clock as your cutoff. And that's dependent on person to person to person. So try it yourself and then go decaf after a certain time. There's really good decaf tea options and decaf coffee and herbal tea options as well. If you don't focus on your sleep and you try to do all the other health improvements, chances are they're not going to work. We need to focus on sleep being the key way to improve everything else. You, you choose better, you eat better, you move better, you work better, you deal with families better. Those with young kids, we've got two at home. It's a busy household. If we don't sleep, everything is far more difficult. Make sense? Everyone happy out? You're all a bit more relaxed now? This is good. Lots of smiley faces in the group. They're not looking quite so nervous for those of you who are listening in on your headphones. Uh, we have a very, busy, a very busy tent here at the Ploughing Championships. So that is the first pillar of health that we look at. Focus on your sleep first and improve. You can use trackers if you want, but they're not particularly accurate. You'll know in terms of how rested you are. And just track it yourself. Give yourself a number of 1 to 10. How rested are you when you wake up? And track that over the course of time. If you take nothing else away from this session, that first tip I will give you is that the most important is for sleep is your tech-free bedroom. Take out the phone. Take out the screens. Take out the, any uh, form of blue light for 30 minutes before bed. It is the key way to improve your sleep. Above all the others, 
That's the really, really important one. Once you have that pillar, then we have a look at your food. Food, as we know, is crucial. It's what we thrive on. It fuels our bodies. But it is important to eat a certain way. And from my perspective, there's no one way particularly to eat in terms of a diet or a type of a diet or what you should be eating and shouldn't. But it's that 80-20 approach. It's eating healthily most of the time and then having the odd treat. That's how I eat. That's how my family eats. That's how my clients eat. So it's that 80-20 approach. So say, for example, I bump into you in the supermarket, which happens actually, we talk to lots of people, it happens quite a bit, and we look at your trolley. What should be in there is foods that you have to prep or cook yourself. So we know meals that you have to make yourself are generally healthier. It's not rocket science. Color. So colorful fruit, colorful vegetables, real color. The more color that's in there, the better. Uh, buying in season, if possible, is always, is always important to do. Foods with very short shelf lives. You'll find normally foods with short shelf lives are the optimum. Uh, orange juice is a prime example of that. If we, are, if we all squeeze the orange juice here today, we might get to the end of the plowing. We might get to Thursday for it still being relatively fresh. Uh, sunny Delight would be, the, the, would be the, the very opposite to that. Do you remember Sunny, sunny Delight? The B BBF and that would be about a year down the line. So go for foods that have shorter shelf lives. They're naturally healthier. And then in that trolley, there should be a treat or a pizza or a takeaway or whatever it may be. Eating that 80-20 approach is a really simple way to look at the food you're eating and to make simple, healthier choices. The next tip from a food perspective is your plate. Have you ever looked at your plate in terms of what's on it and in terms of how the distribution of the different things that are on it? The way you should do it, every plate that you have, draw an imaginary line down the center. Half the plate should be salad or veg. The Irish way, the standard Irish way, is half the plate is generally spuds, chips, rice, or pasta. The spuds, chips, rice, or pasta should be a quarter of your plate. Okay, so half the plate is salad or veg, a quarter of the plate is your carbohydrate source, and then a quarter of your plate is your protein source. Again, there's no magic way of eating. It's just healthy. It's loading up on veg, loading up on, on salad, then getting your protein source in, and then getting your carbohydrate source in. So you're never eliminating anything because we need carbohydrates for energy. They're really, really, really important. One key element within that is the protein quantity. We know as a population, and we're chatting about it later on on the Ray Darcy show, is about aging, about how we're aging as a, as a nation. We need adequate protein intake to age properly. And I'll give you one number from this to take away. You can compute it later on. But in terms of how much protein you should be taking in, you're looking at about 1 to 1.5 grams per kilo body weight. So whatever you are in kilos, multiply it by 1 to 1.5. Pick a number. So if you're 60 kilos, that's 60 grams or between 60 and 90 grams. In terms of, I'll make that visual. I use chicken breasts because it's just easier. Three, so if you're aiming for 90 grams of protein, that's three chicken breasts a day of chicken. Could be fish, could be meat, doesn't really matter. It's generally a portion. So portion size, be it a chicken breast or be it a burger or be it a steak or fish, will normally be 25 to 30 grams roughly. An egg is about nine, but nine eggs make, which scares everybody. The thought of nine eggs in one go is, is hardcore. But you're looking at three portions of protein over the course of the day, and that each meal has some form of protein in it, okay? But look at your plates. It's the easiest way to improve how you eat. Everything's on it, but it's the distribution of the quantity of it that's really, really, really important. The other thing, obviously, in terms of, uh, in terms of the food component of it is fluid. It's a very warm day out there. I hope you all have bottles of water with you or you're getting bottles of water, but you're looking at about between one and a half and two and a half liters of water over the course of a day. The way to check that, and there's certain words that Irish crowds just can't handle, this is one of them, is you check the color of your urine. 
urine checker in terms of color is really, really, really important. You know when you wake up in the morning, it's a deep, dark, cloudy color? Yeah. Uh, as you drink water over the course of the day, it becomes lighter and lighter and lighter. And it should be clear or close to clear. The real term is straw color, but then we get into an argument about what color is straw and the different colors of it. Let's just make it clear or close to clear. And if you're doing that over the course of the day, you're hydrated. And hydration is really, really important for decision-making, for work, for interacting, for social, for every other aspect of health you want to have a look at. Hydration is, again, a, a piece that most people miss. All right? So recap on the food components of it. Fresh foods, short shelf lives, food you have to cook or prep yourself. Getting one big food shop a week done, ideally, and stocking all the places you spend time. So we've moved to Clonakilty in West Cork. We spun up, I spun up in there this morning. If I was to bring you over to, over to the car, you'd find in it, there's a lunchbox in it, but, but chicken salad-y thing in it. There's, a, uh, there's ap two apples, there's water, there's a protein bar in there. All the stuff that I want to eat is in the car. So wherever you spend time, you stock it with the stuff that you want to eat. And funnily enough, whatever comes into the house gets eaten. If it's chocolate, it gets eaten. If it's not chocolate, it gets eaten. Whatever comes in in that big food shop will be hopefully eaten over the course of the day, uh, over the course of the week. And people are surprised when they're not eating, eating healthily, yet they're buying lots of unhealthy foods in the supermarket shop. One final thing on food is that there's no good food or bad food. And I hope you get that from this session. It's another key component of any talk that I do or any podcast that we record. There is, there's no can or can't. There's no good or bad when it comes to food. There's just food. But it's the moderation of it that's really, really, really important. Balancing that plate out is crucial. The, remember, half salad or vegetables, a quarter carbohydrate, and a quarter, uh, and a quarter protein. And just look at your plate. It's really, really important. Get your hydration. Look for clear colors in terms of your urine. And then stock up all the space that you want to spend time. Do you want to eat? Stock it up with all the foods that you want to eat. That's important, okay? Now, next pillars. We've looked at two. We've looked at sleep, and we have looked at, uh, we have looked at food. From the movement perspective, there's a couple of different types of movement that people do. One is your cardiovascular, so that is walking, cycling, running, swimming, another word I won't mention, and several others. It's anything that gets your heart rate going. If we all did a lap of the plowing championships, really fast, your heart rate's going, that's cardiovascular. The movement that you all did coming into our tent today, that's not exercise. That's called GDM, general daily movement. But there's a very big difference between movement, which is what you all did and what we all do walking around plowing. It's very busy, you can't walk too fast because there's loads of people. It's movement. It adds up, it improves your health, kind of. It improves your social health, you're out in the blue sky, life is good. The more movement you do, the better, but it's not exercise. Exercise needs to be, needs to be moderately, moderately intensive. That's important. So let's keep going on that walk. If, this, if your general daily movement is how you stroll into our tent, if we increase the pace of that walk, so you're slightly out of breath but can still hold a conversation, so you can still count to 10 or, count, or talk back to me just about, that's exercise. And that's the difference between the two. We're all busy people. The world has become a busier place post-COVID. So you want to get the benefit from the movement. And the really important thing here is, Anyone of any age has to keep that checker in mind. It's that intensity is important. That's what delivers the benefit. It's not, the G, it's not that general daily movement. Exercise on its own is really, really, really important. The second type of exercise is flexibility work. Men are terrible at doing it, I'm afraid. I'm, I put myself in that boat. Women are generally much better. So your yoga, your Pilates. We know as we get older, we get tighter. And as we work, in terms of as a demographic, from this demographic who are at the plowing, 
uh, who are working a lot, they will get tighter, they put their backs out, they will have more joint-related issues, they will age faster by being tighter. So more flexibility work is really, really, really important. And the third type of exercise then is resistance training. So what everyone in the room is a weight. And if I got you all to stand up, which I'm not going to do, you can all chill out, uh, and do a squat. So very simple, sit down into a seat and then stand back up again. That's a squat. It's a body weight exercise. It's brilliant for your legs and it's brilliant for your balance. Do you want to do something for a little bit of fun for a sec? Okay, try, let's get everyone standing up for a second. Everyone up, 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 up. Gav, Tabitha, Mary, you're all included in this. So very, you know, the good news is you don't have to do an exercise, but what I will do with you is the single biggest predictor of your aging health. This is the easiest way to predict how you're going to age, and it's a balance test. If you want a photograph of the group, you're more than welcome to come on stage and take a photograph from here if you want. Yeah? Go on up. No worries. Uh, so, very simple. We want to predict your aging health. You want to walk away from plowing knowing how you're aging. Very simple. Pick your strongest leg. So, for, uh, it'll be my right leg. Very simple. If you want, need to hold on to something, by the way, that's health and safety, very important. Hold on to something or hold on to someone if you need to. And very simple, lift one leg off the floor. Now, you, I'm going to talk while I balance, I hope. You should be able to hold that balance for 30 seconds without breaking, without dropping your foot on the floor. 30 seconds is the balance test. That's how long you should be able to hold the balance for. Now, if you're in shoes, it's a few people laughing at other people. I hope that's your husband. Uh, okay, grand. And relax for a second. Okay, so the balance test that we just did, right? That's a 30-second balance test. Balance test. You should, everyone in the room should be able to do that for 30 seconds. If you can't, you need to work on it. How do you work on it? The easiest way to do that is when you're brushing your teeth. When you're brushing your teeth at night, randomly do it on one leg and change your leg every, every night. Alternate them every night. And automatically you're working on your balance. As you get really strong at it, you know what you do? You close your eyes. And then all of a sudden your proprioception changes and it becomes harder. Balance health and aging health are directly linked. So it's really important in terms of lower body strength and lower body glutes, legs, to improve your balance. How do you do it? You can do a squat. You can do a lunge. You can do any lower body exercise. You can even just stand more. By standing more, you're naturally, naturally healthier. Everyone okay after that little test? Okay, good. Folks, uh, we have one more pillar to look at, but before we do that, I have to say this. It is very important. You're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. That keeps Gavin Tabitha very happy. These are, and Mary, these are my podcast team. So the final pillar we want to have a look at is measurement. So we've looked at lots of health content so far. I'm just scooching in the tent a little bit because we're, we're, we're spilling out the doors. So let's come right in, be, get snug. That's it, no one's going to bite. Brilliant. So we've looked, at the, we've looked at the sleep component of health. If you're late to the session, it is tech-free bedroom. We've looked at the food component of health. It is a one big food shop. Look at your portion plate in terms of salad, protein, and carbohydrates. Then it is a movement component. Getting slightly out of breath or getting out of breath when you're moving. That is important, and knowing the difference between that and general daily movement. The final pillar is this, which is the measurement component of health. Because we all like targets. So, for example, when we booked podcasts for this, we said, how many people are we going to get in the room? And we measure it. Thankfully, the room is full, which is great. That makes us very happy. Uh, but we track these things. So we, uh, people, we like tracking stuff. Numbers help us to stay on track and to stay focused. We, we track our podcast listens every single week and every single month, so we know if we're doing a good job or not. When it comes to health, it's no different. Tracking your health is important. I gave you one track there, which is your balance test. Very simple, 30 seconds you should be able to balance for on both legs. But there's three, three others I'll give you. 
The first one is your resting heart rate. So that's another indicator of how fit you are. Your heart's a muscle, it pumps. As you get fitter, it gets stronger and it pumps slower and more efficiently. So take your heart rate tomorrow morning before you get out of bed. Ideally is the best time to take it. If you had tea or coffee or stress or <laughs> a lot of fun, uh, don't take it. So the important thing is take it just before you get out of bed. How do you take it? Side of the neck or base of the wrist line. And then you can use a smartwatch also, by the way. There are apps on your phone. You can stick your finger on the camera and it'll take it for you too. Uh, that number is a really important tracker because if you're stressed, it's gonna go up. If uh, for women, time of the month, it will absolutely go up. If you're overworked, it's gonna go up. And there's lots of farmers overworked in the plowing, that's for sure. I'm married, in, mar mar married into a vet and I see all the farmers he works with. Um, we want it to come down or to stabilize. That's the important thing. In terms of what should it be, marathon runners are 40 something, 50 something will be someone who's very, very fit. 60 to 70 is kind of the, 60 to 80 really is the range, but kind of the lower end of that, 60 to 70 is the number. 80 something, it'll come down quite quickly with exercise. If it's over 100, you talk to your GP, very important because over 100 is kind of high. PB resting that I've come across is 154. We sent them in an ambulance into A&E. Just scoot in a little bit because we're, we're, we're spilling at the seams, which is great. We're nearly finished, which is great too. So heart rate's a really important tracker. With exercise, it comes down. Eating healthier, it comes down. Sleeping better, it comes down. We want to bring it down. And it's a everyone like free stuff. Yeah, you all like free stuff. Of course you do. That's a free tracker. Doesn't cost a penny, but it is so important for your health and wellness. It's a really simple way to do it. The second one we want to have a look at then is your waistline. Now, we're not going to measure that in person for two reasons. One, it's not my style to pick on groups. I just don't do it because I think it's cruel. Secondly, if we did measure it, you do one thing. If I went and took one person out of the audience and brought you up here on our lovely stage in front of a group of people you don't know, and took your waistline measurement. What's the natural thing you would do? <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a true measure. That's not a measure of anything, actually. It's a measure of how much you can suck in your rib cage so you can make your waist smaller. If you're gonna track something about your health, just track it. I don't, the, what the number is is actually irrelevant. The important thing is measuring, because once you're measuring, you're healthier. Has everyone in the room got a belly button? Just checking, yeah? I found one person on all my travels who didn't have one in 22 years of talking to people. So, that's your indicator. Everyone put your hand on your belly button for a sec. Put your hand on your belly button. Yep, that's your waistline. You all have one. It might move a little bit, uh, but it's all there and it's a constant tracker which you can't cheat or fake or health unless you breathe in, which we're not going to do now. You take a tape measure, you, you bring it around the back of your body and you meet it at your belly button. You can't cheat that. And you breathe normally. And you take it in the morning time before you've had, had, had any food because chances are you'll, you'll, uh, you'll blow it out with food. Ideally, that number should be sub 40. 40 is it's the higher range. of Above 40 inches, you're in the high-risk category for absolutely everything. You want to be healthier as you get older. Get your waistline down. How do you do that? Sleep, move, food. All the tips that we've looked at. And if you go into the podcast library, you'll see lots of content. We have 280 whatever episodes, every, every Thursday for four and a half years, I have a bit of OCD, uh, but you will find all the content there. But by bringing your waistline down, you are healthier and you'll know it because you track it. And by tracking it, same time, same day, once a week, it comes down. Final piece of the measurement piece, and they were pretty much wrapped up, is this. What's the one thing everyone measures when it comes to their health? They always do. Weight, of course it is. It's probably the least important measure from my own perspective. I want to know what your heart rate is. I want to know what your waistline is. 
Weight on its own doesn't tell me much. Hands up uh, answer to this question. Which is heavier, a pound of muscle or a pound of fat? Hands up for muscle. Oh, you're a good crowd. I'm impressed. No one fell for that. Well, very few fell for that. So that's important. A pound is a pound is a pound. So a pound of muscle and a pound of fat, they both weigh the same. One is not heavier than the other. People use that excuse all the time. It is nonsense. They're both the very same weight. A pound is a pound is a pound. We took a pound of newspapers and a pound of kombucha. They're both a pound. It's the same thing. Uh, but what they are different is this, right? So muscle is like this. It's very, very compact. If, uh, we get some steak from, there's an organic tent over there somewhere. If we got some steak from over there, roughly, a pound of that is a pound of muscle. And then our pound of fat is softer. It takes up more space. They both weigh the same, but visually they're different. And the important thing there is that as we get older, we naturally increase body fat. I'm 40, I've no, it's just more difficult when you're 40. And it gets, you know, it's harder as you get older, right? Of course it is. But we know that we natural women in particular, especially when you go through uh, pre, um, during and post menopause, you naturally will store more body fat and gain more body fat. It's the high body fat that causes the high risk in terms of all the health-related indicators that we, need to, that we need to look at. So if you are measuring weight, get a smart scale, uh, which you jump on and sends electrodes up through your foot, and you get a really good, in, good indication of your muscle and your fat. If you are losing weight, fat is what you want to lose. We want to keep our muscle in line with your balance tests that we did earlier on. By keeping your muscle, you'll be stronger. And as we get older, we naturally lose muscle. So we need to keep it as much as we possibly can by eating properly and by exercising uh, and doing our strength-based exercise along with the slightly more intense uh, cardiovascular work as well. We've looked at four key pillars. We've looked at sleep, we've looked at food, we've looked at movements, and we have looked at measurement. My goal when I do any podcast, particularly a live episode like this, is to give you tips when you walk outside the tent you can make better decisions and better choices. I'll finish on this component to this episode, which is this. You now have all the content. You didn't come into the tent today expecting to get tips for end health. Well, maybe you did. If you follow me on Instagram, potentially you did. Uh, but chances are you didn't. You now have content and tips and tools to improve your health. My final question to, to you now is this. that If I was to ask you one question that will tell me whether you're ready, ready to improve your health and wellness or not, it will be this. Why? What's your why? Why do you want to do it? Because the why has to be strong enough to overcome all the obstacles that will get in the way. I guarantee when you walk from here down to where the fun fair area is, we walked it earlier on on the way in, there'll be loads of things that aren't particularly healthy. If your why is strong enough for why you want to be healthy, it will help you to overcome that. My own on a personal level experience of that, I am naturally shy and introverted. I get panic attacks in big groups. I have a stammer and a stutter that comes out every now and again. But for work, that's on a personal level, but for work, this is what I do. Uh, I'm a podcast host with a fantastic podcast team and a fantastic sponsor. Uh, I am on television with Operation Transformation. I talk to corporate groups for a living. I have 20 reasons on the way up this morning to turn the car back around and go straight back home because I'm, I was nervous. What if no one turns up? I'm on a stage. What if the guest doesn't turn up? What if it's not working? What if people turn out and walk away? And it's not that I'm great, because I'm not. I don't have an ego. It's not my style. But my point is this, that my why from a work perspective, and what gets me out of bed in the morning is, I want to talk to as many people as I possibly can about health, because I genuinely believe I can make a difference in people's health when I talk to them. We give them tips and tools and content every Thursday on the Real Health Podcast, but in person as well. The tips work. I'm 22 years doing what I do. I live, eat, and breathe it. I'm obsessed with it. 
but making it simple for people to improve your health. The key thing you have to ask yourself going away is why. Why do I want to do it? And that why has to be strong enough. And if it is, you overcome the barriers that may have gotten in your way before or that may get in your way in the future. Spend some time, maybe not while you're out playing, because there's loads of dancing and all the crack to be had later on. Maybe on this weekend, get a pen, get some paper, sit down. Why do you want to do it? You now have the tools to improve your health on every single level. The ball is very much in your court. And hopefully, when we come back to plowing next year, you'll rock into the tent and tell me all about your health and wellness experience and journey over the course of the 12 months since the plowing. Folks, have a very wonderful day. My name is Carl Henry, and this is another episode of Real Health, exclusively for the Irish Independent, in association with Leia Healthcare. You know where we are. We're at Carl Henry PT on Instagram, realhealth.independent.ie. We really hope you enjoyed. Have a great day, and we'll see you very, very soon. Thanks, Mel. It's on. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry.